Hey everybody, and welcome back for another episode of The Overlay, a poker podcast brought to you by CCG Poker in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, or the surrounding areas of Northern Illinois, also Central Illinois. You can check out some events at Central Illinois Charitable Games. Hey, Randall, what's up? What up? Just anywhere in Illinois. We, we provide poker anywhere. Yeah, if you want to play poker and you don't know who we are, then then you just you've been living underneath a rock. Hopefully, you live in Texas or uh, not Texas. Hopefully, you live in California. Uh, yeah. Because then maybe you might not know who we are. Correct. But. And even then, I'm sure we're still popular, hugely, vastly popular in uh, California. Over and under, Brando. It's our new over and under bet. Maybe I'll get over and under just sponsor the podcast for the winter before we go in uh the sports bar we go to in chicago that would be kind of cool i'm gonna pitch him on that, that would idea. be kind of cool so possibly in the future brought to you by over and under today's over and under question brando how many downloads i guess it's not truly an over and under unless i, give yeah, you I was about to say you can't ask me how many <laughs> but i'll give you a line okay here we go over and under how many downloads has the overlay received in its lifetime that would be the last uh, we started in March of 2020 and is now October of 23. So we're coming up on our four-year anniversary. Is that physically Jesus. fucking possible? I guess. Oh, boy. <laughs> we have an anniversary. Over and under, the line is currently set at 30,000. Over or under? 30,000? 30,000. 30,000. I mean, that seems like a lot. I'd go under probably. The answer will be brought to you next week at the overlay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, guys. It's not going to be next week. 30,933 downloads as of today. We started it in COVID March of 2020 with the first episode, which is about COVID, uh, the, the the life and times of COVID, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, what a great time looking back. Yeah, you know, not simpler not, times. Not really. It was different. Yeah, the state of live poker during COVID-19, which was just zippity doo But it was fun. It was a good time. Anyways, that's our over and over bet for the day. Brando missed. You're over so one, Brando. I'm 0-1. One, one, one. All right. 0-1 for uh, the over and under. Man, and life's too short to bet the under. I yeah, always bet over. the over. Just jam the over. Uh, okay. Hey, it is uh, almost middle of October 2023. We are now living the life of the WSOP is here in Chicago. Well, the Chicago market right outside in Hammond, Indiana. Beautiful Hammond, Indiana. Beautiful. Um, two complaints by me. One, turnout seems to be a little bit smaller than it was in February. I think maybe they're coming a little too often to Chicago land area. Thoughts? I mean, I know I everybody Everybody loves it, but like I noticed a lot of the tournaments are down numbers-wise. So. I think that what's going to end up happening is that Algins are going to go up, maybe, and then we'll have I to, feel like the concentration of Chicagoland poker has moved slightly north. Oh, that's uh, comparative that's Comparative to um, I feel like when Horseshoe had 30 games running and that was a spot to be, that was the tournaments spot to were down. Now it's kind of like Rivers Elgin. It's a little more north. You lose oh, all the, interesting. the south. I mean, when there's only this four, like or five, the six state of poker, twenty twenty three from Brando. That's insightful, Brando. So you think the Elgin WSOPs are going to be busier than the 
Indiana. I think they might start taking over because I think right now you would say like Hammond is the big one in Chicagoland area. I would say Elgin's kind of a new one. Correct. I've never been to Elgin. I mean, I've been to the Elgin Casino before, but I've never been to. I didn't go to the. They've done two DWSOPs there already. Two circuit events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they've done two because I played in one and I say yeah, two. I think I might have to go and check that out. But it's kind of nice. I mean, it's actually extremely nice how you walk in from the parking garage Mm -hmm. and you walk up to the booth to get a player card, register, and then you walk right into a ballroom and you're in there. I do like that. It's more I reminiscent. Mean, for somebody for like somebody who poker. for sure, absolutely. For somebody who you know is handicapped or doesn't like walking or is intimidated by parking a mile away, going yeah. up seven floors to get to the venue, walking through the venue. I mean, Elgin is very much you park, you walk in, you sit. Yeah, I, I, that is huge for me because one of the biggest things I, I dislike about the WSOP is just like, I constantly feel like, car. well, and here it is. And this will kind of lead us into this today's episode. And I think this is important. It's the the kind of the importance of the early levels of a poker tournament, which I think very little people ever look at the structure early on and never really think about what you're losing by registering late or getting to the tournament late. So many poker players are like, oh, I'm cool. I'm going to get there late. I am kind of the opposite. Uh, poker is like one of the things where like, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I always feel like I want to get there early, find out where I'm going, especially if it's a place I've never been before. Um, so I know where to go. I know where my table is. I kind of get the lay of the land. Then I go and find a bathroom. So I know where the nearest bathroom is. Maybe I it's find like out the all the concessions. Like the yeah, 100%. I think if poker players treated poker tournaments like they treat an airline flight, it, life would be significantly better. I like to get you should be there early, an hour early. Find your spot, check in your luggage, make sure you know where your gate is, make sure you get a Coke for a little bit later or a snacky do. You know? Don't do what Brandon does and rip in five hours late, three minutes before the registration period ends. Get in there, and then how do you feel when you get into a tournament? that late in registration and uh what's your mental state at that point kind of honestly it's kind of i know i hate to just you know yeah, keep be honest in the be airline honest. but you know it's kind of like being the last person on a flight you're fucking and you're stressed, flustered, flustered and there's nowhere to put your luggage sweaty everything's all tight already and yeah, the, everybody's the eight people seated there yep. like oh we're sitting for eight no screw the ninth guy well you're the ninth guy only the shitty so, seats are available yeah yeah yeah. The, yeah 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 you know and then you know and then you sit down and you get comfortable and boom you're you're firing trying to you're, wiggle you're, in and then next, you're in the air yep <laughs> this is your captain speaking strap your shit in because we're gonna launch this puppy yeah right exactly and all of a sudden happens. you got turbulence four minutes after sitting down there's people that are already asleep because well, you know they got there an hour early and they're sleeping when the turbulence yeah, comes. They're so relaxed. They're sleeping. I'm gripping the edge of my armchair rest that I have wrestled for the last three minutes to receive because that's what I had to do when I sat down in my middle seat. And my white-knuckled fingers are are, are gra- grasping this thing so tightly that I think <laughs> I'm going to bust a shoelace here. And he's just like <sighs> sleeping like, uh, like no cares in the world. I want to punch him. So, um, yeah, I would say... To- Go ahead. The cool thing back in the day was, oh, I'm going to be fashionably I'm a late. Cool guy. Yeah. I'm going to roll in an hour after it starts. Yep. I don't need the early levels. No. You know, who gives a shit about green chips? What? What right. are green chips? Right. Yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, the age old saying is like, you can't ever win a tournament in the first few levels. You can only lose it. 
It's like I, mean, I get that can you? statement, but you can really set yourself up nicely mm-hmm. by kind of playing some early levels. And I think we've experienced it in the tournaments we've played together. Yep. You came early. I came two hours late. And we kind of had totally different experience because you yeah. and, and what we're talking about is the WSOP. We both played the 10 K PLO. We manned up cowboyed up astronaut up. That's what I call it now because I don't want to say cowboy up to my daughters. So I say astronaut up because an, an, an astronaut is androgynous. It could be a male or a female. It doesn't matter. So I'm always like astronaut yes. up. And they're like, what do you mean, dad? I was like, well, when astronauts got to go out into space and do work, you know, they got to astronaut up because if they fuck up, their brains get sucked out of their head and they die. And they're all like, whoa, that's really harsh, Dad. And I was like, well, that's it. Astronaut up. Let's go. Otherwise, your brains are going to get sucked out through your head. But you got to astronaut up. You got to get out there. You got to get to those early levels because when we played the WSOP 10K PLO, which might have been out of our, our realm a little bit, I think I was, I think if you go back and listen to the podcast episode, I was all like, I totally didn't feel out of my element. The more I think about it, I think I was a little bit out of my element, but that's fine. I went and got there early. I found out where I was going so early that the WSOP pushed back the start time by an hour, which kind of sucked. It added a different yeah. kind of stress. Um, but I was there for literally the first hand of the tournament. And truth be told, at my table, I think on an eight-handed table, we had seven players who were there for the first hand, including Alex Foxen and Will Will Jaffe, who are apparently super famous that I didn't know. I mean, even Alex Foxen, thirty-two million dollars of winnings on the on the in poker lifetime winnings. That bro was there for hand number one of the ten K PLO. He's not pulling a Phil Ivy and strolling that shit in at the start of day two. He's right. there from hand number one. Blinds are 100, 100. Um, I, there's got to be a reason for that. I'm kind of switched. I went from thinking late is the way to go because you just kind of get in there and you get for the juicy levels. But it, be that as it may, if you get in late, um, you're kind of forced to start. You got to hit the ground running, right? Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you really. I guess got you don't to, kind uh, of. You have to. No, you. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you get in there, and Especially you're like even the monster stack. I played the WSP monster stack on Tuesday. Yeah. Congratulations, up, Joe Chen. Yeah, Joe Spoiler Chen, alert. winner, winner, another ring winner from CCG. What up? We should have a tournament of champions that only ring winners can play in at CCG for, sure. for like during the CSOP and get like a ring. Ring only, ring and bracelet event. Only if you've won a ring and a bracelet. I bet we get some random people to show up for that. So right. I won a bracelet in 2009. And five card draw, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Kevin from The Office. No, but, you know, I, I sat down and it was after the first break, four levels had finished and it was level five. I think it was like 200, 500 or 300, 600 or 300, 500. One of those levels, it was 500 or 600 big sure. one. And even with a 40K monster stack, and I'm air quoting, if you could hear my inflection in my voice. I totally heard it, yeah. Um, you know, 80 bigs is fine. However, you know, you got people that are chatting it up, people that have doubled up, people that have eliminated, been eliminated and rebought. You know, there's guys with 100 at your table. You got You've short got stacks. Guys that are all in. Yeah, I yeah. mean, short stacks are ripping it all in because there's enough in the pot now. Because when you're at 300, 600, and a guy right, opens to 9,000, you got you two got callers, 9, which is yeah. like because it's still kind of early, so people are still playing a little bit loose. Well, now the guy who's got 15,000 who took a beat earlier, he's just like rip it all in 15. So now it comes to you, and you've got, you know, ace jack suited. You're like, damn, I really want to play this hand. 
but I I can't. Like I what am I going to do now? I got to fold this pseudo premium hand. I was trying to think of a hand that I could come up with that was like a good hand, but like not like a automatic. Yeah, ace check suited, ace queen off. It's like yeah, it's like I want to play this, but I can't. And I think that's what I like to think about. Um, you know, uh, we do love the analogies here on the overlay. We should do an over and under if people could count and let me know how many times I reference something as something else rather than just explaining it. But I kind of feel like playing a poker tournament is like running a marathon, right? Because a poker tournament is definitely the closest thing you can think of is a marathon, right? It's long, right. a ton. Your body's beat by the time you're done. It's a little yeah, less there's physical. Different, there's different, uh, you know, stages, obstacles and stages. Yeah, right. There you go. I feel like you would be running a marathon by registering late. It's just like you get out of bed and they're like, marathon started, go. And you're just like, wait, what? Hold on. I, I just woke up. Like nothing happened. I feel like when you play level one, two, three, four, the smaller levels, you can kind of get your juices flowing. It's like poker stretching for your brain and for your game. You can just kind of ease into the tournament. You don't have to worry about it. It's the equivalent of, here's another uh, analogy. It's the equivalent of like walking into a pool, like a beach kind of thing. You're like walking into the beach versus like running to the end of the pier and then jumping in. It's like the completely different, uh, you know, effects on your body if you kind of wade into the water versus just directly jump in. And I like the idea of getting that stretching done, getting those ace jacks, because if the, the blinds were 100, 100 and everybody's pretty evenly stacked because nobody's gone crazy yet, you know, and then a guy does, you know, Make it 300, you get two callers, a guy makes it 900. Now you look down at Ace Jack and you go, hey, you know, for 900, I can justify a call here. Like, let's see a flop. And then you flop Broadway and you win a big pot and everybody's happy. Um, that doesn't happen in level six or seven because you're kind of forced to remember, well, there's so much action behind me and there's another short stack over there. And he's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just a completely different game. I like the idea of easing into the waters. Yep. I mean, I'll say the 10K PLO, the first hand I played that first hand I played, I was all in. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, I flopped the nuts and I got it in. Right. And I, the guy had a wrap and we ended up chopping. But you know. And exactly what happened there, right? The blinds were like three six with a six hundred dollar ante. Somebody makes it eighteen or two K to open. You get three callers. Now there's, you know, seven K in the pot. You flop right. the, the you nutter butter. Flop a straight. A guy leads for five k, and you just pop. You just make it, it fifteen, fifteen, seventeen k. Yeah, you started with sixty. Yep. But like, here we go. I just made it seventeen thousand on the flop mm-hmm. after putting in money pre flop, and now he's pretty much like what do we all in her fold. And what do we start with in the PLO? It was like fifty or sixty. I think I want to say it was fifty, but either yeah, way, okay, it's the same difference. Right. Let's say right. I so fifty. Either way, right. if I'm putting if I'm putting seventeen five in on the flop, right. It's all in on the turn for yeah. sure. I mean, there's no other. You know, that's yep. that's it. That's we're out of bed. Did you guys get it all in preflop or no? We got no, it all not on preflop the on the flop. Yeah, on the flop. Yep. So he kind of re-raised you, and then you you went all in. He, he bet, and then I raised, and he's like, "Screw it, I pot." Let's and get it, all in. it. Was like forty four thousand. It's basically all in. You do the standard um, PLO player when they're heads up, and they're just like pop 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 pot. Like everybody just hears pot at the same time. You're like, okay, yeah, we're all in. Like we're just we're all interested at this point to just get it all in and see what happens. And and again, um, that's yeah, fine. On. You got it in good. You're not upset about that. It is what it is. I don't know what the odds are at that point. Uh, and it does suck that you survived, but you chopped, which is kind of like the nut low. I'd rather either be in or out. But you had to choose one hand, and it was a good hand, and the odds were with you, and that's great. But 
if you'd have played some of the earlier levels, it gives you kind of one of two roads to travel. Either you play those small pots and the kind of small ball poker that starts and only really happens in the first three or four levels, right? And you can accumulate some chips, which will give you ammunition for later in the tournament for that kind of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, blind levels, the you know, right. rounds five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, that that you can splash around a little bit more. You can open your range, you can play a little bit different cards that you normally wouldn't have played if you had a reserve, or you play some early rounds, you you miss out on some pots and you're kind of below starting stack. Well now you gotta know I gotta tighten my range. I gotta pick some spots and I gotta make it happen and then go from there. It gives you a, an opportunity to kind of figure out where you need to be. And you had other pots that you played in that you won or lost at least you had a chance to win them, right? Right. And I will say the monster stack on Tuesday, first hand I played, it was me shoving all in again. It went like just how you described it earlier. It went like an open, a couple of callers and a short stack of like 12 or 14 K ripped it all in. I didn't know what happened to them because I just got there. It was right. like my fourth hand. What'd I had have? Queens, yep. Queens. And then it got to me and then I re ISOed. And now there's still three people behind me that could, call for my tournament life now they all folded and they all in at ace queen and i and i beat him and he's out and now i have you know a starting stack and a half but you had to survive that you had to survive that all in right which is kind of scary when you play in a tournament and i don't care if it's for a 20 dollar early bird or a ten thousand dollar main event seat i don't want to go there and just blow down and be all in yeah i don't i want to be able to play a little bit now it's not that i expect it and it is what it is but I prefer to play, I like to play a little looser, get some more hands in and play some a wider range of cards early in the tournament and I feel like my whole demeanor changes when I late reg and I can't it's a different do those it's things. a whole different mindset too. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's completely different. I can't especially with PLO. I don't think I'll ever play a PLO tournament again where I miss the early levels and I missed the early levels for the Sunday this past weekend. Yep. Um WSOP circuit event, which is one of my favorite events. Uh, last two out of three years, I went second place, 11th place, missed the cut. I just never got anything going this past Sunday, which is fine. I don't expect to final table every single time I play in a tournament, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm I'm really good, but the one difference this year, and it's what made me think about this, is the fact that I, I didn't get there early enough. I think last year, remember you came late and I got there fairly early. I got there at like 5.30. I think I was there for like level... Two. Yeah, you already you already had spun like down to twelve, yeah. up to sixty eight uh-huh. by the time I registered at like set yeah about five or six levels in. Uh, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I think you came like I did this time, like right at the first break. And yeah, that's played. been my go to time is like I feel getting like there on the uh, first break. I feel like that's negative. I feel like especially PLO, and I can only I, I play more PLO tournaments than I do No Limit. I don't play a ton of PLO tournaments, so. My tournament play is not great. I'm not a grinder here on the tournament circuit, but I feel like you should play the early ones. I feel like the players that we know that are the best no limit players, at least statistically, have won the most stuff. And I'm thinking of a few people. Typically, they're there early. Now they'll rebuy or re-enter a tournament. Well, that's which, another good thing that's about completely getting there early. Yeah. Is if you bust, you bust kind of early. You get and in again. Right, you get in before. Now your second bullet is the time I normally would register, as opposed to me making it to dinner break rather easily because I skipped the first five levels, and now I have to decide whether I'm going to rebuy at the max late reg, which max late regging, I think, is pretty terrible for anybody that 
isn't way bankrolled out. Right. Like these people that have, you know, a million dollar bankroll for a $400 tournament, you're just saving time. It's more like the time versus like you value your time. And yeah, they're willing to gamble, get it in, play one hand. They're willing to flip for one hand to see if they can double up. Because they're going to play the next tournament. They would rather, right. They would rather not play day one, late reg on day two, flip on the first, you know, first level like that they play in, they just got to pick one hand flip for all of it. And they either double their starting stack, which means they're perfectly happy now play poker or they're out of the tournament. They didn't waste any time and it gives them the ability to play more tournaments. Yep. Go find something. I don't go to the win now. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good strategy, but like if you'd asked me if I would have had the opportunity to buy into the 10 K PLO at the start of day two, my answer would be, absolutely not why would i do that like i'm literally straight up flipping ten thousand dollars to try to double up and then play from there which i'm not even good enough to know i can actually make something happen if i double up once to 100k in, in checks however yeah, you know? these guys have a 10 million dollar bankroll and they were playing something else to not play the plo day one so i guess they just jump jump into it and bracelet hunt super late you know there's a time there's a time and bankroll factor that i think 99 of our audience including me and you yeah it doesn't apply to no so, like, sure, there's definitely people that can advocate you know what? to max late reg, it but applies, that's just not us. It applies to us in the early bird. I would do that in the early bird. For, for sure. I would just buy into the early bird. Because we bank rolled up for the early bird. Yeah, You're going to not waste your time at two. Right. You're going to get there at 310, buy in with the add-on for 40. Flip one time. Try, yep, yep, yep. And if I bust, I'll go play cash game. Wait for the deep stack. For sure. Or, now, one right. one thing to be said, and this has always been my defense on playing the early levels, is the worst players are never going to have more chips than they do at the start of the tournament, right? Run that by me again. The the the, the worst players are never going to have more chips than at the start of the tournament. Correct. Typically, so like if, the the bottom ten percent of the whole field, they ain't ever getting above starting stack no. unless they get lucky, right? You know, obviously, some is even better because then they have a huge mark on their back because right. everybody's trying to get their chips because they're and just they're dying to give them away, and they got twice as many. Correct. That's which is even a better situation to be there early. Say the quote again. The worst players in the tournament are never going to have more chips than at the very beginning. Yeah, that's. I think that's a great line to think about when you should be playing early levels because you right. You are never going to have the bad players are never going to have that much money at any given time. Then in the beginning of the tournament, and you got to get there early to actually get those chips. Because if yeah, you had, like when when are you going to face the worst players in the tournament? Two hundred big blinds deep, <laughs> only never. in levels one and two. One and two. <laughs> Fuck, that's such a good. I you just you just the whole podcast, you. <laughs> yeah the whole podcast could just end now because that that right there is, <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. That's a hundred percent why you should do it. I'm trying to make it think like, well, your brain needs time to like, this is like poker stretching and it's like you get to get, you get to work in it. No, you're right. The bad players have chips and the, and here's, and here's the problem. You sit down in a 10 K PLO tournament with Alex Fox in three hours late. He sat there stacked the fish in the beginning. Now he's got one twenty to your 60. And now not only do you not get to play against the fish, now the pro has scooped up the fish's money, yep. and he has twice as big an edge on you now. Well, and the thing now, is, yeah, then he can push around, right? He can push correct. on me. You know, he can push on me because he's got the chip stack that I am unable to do so because it's later in the tournament and the blinds are too big, and I've got to pick that one hand or, or you know, full well knowing, like, 
I, I don't have a lot of bullets to fire here. I, I better pick a good spot versus, you know, when it's 100-100, I can, you can splash around a little bit, have a little bit more fun. I agree. The bad but, players but now, are never going to have as many chips as yeah. they do in the beginning of the tournament. But now, you know, uh, my last example is to play devil's advocate. Um, Tony tattoos Anthony, um, CCG player. He sat down at my monster stack um, table an hour before dinner break, 40K starting stack. I was sitting on like 250K. I had been playing now for a couple hours. I was feeling good. I managed to kind of late reg a little bit and spin up my stack. He sits down, 40K. Blinds are like, I don't know, 500, 1,000, 612, somewhere in there. And in the hour, the last hour of registration, he spins up 40 to like 350. Yeah. And it's like, huh, man, I've been here all day, and I thought I was crushing with 250. He sits down with 40, and he's got 350 in an hour. Right. Sometimes it works that way. Other times he's making three tips to the cage and he lost 1,200, you know? Yeah. It works out great when it works out. And if you feel like a genius, Ooh, it's my when other, you spin up a stack. It's my uh, other favorite uh, poker quote. Uh, all in works every hand except the last hand. Yep, you're going to win the tournament or you're out. Yep, and it works every time except the last time. And then it didn't work. So, I mean, I get it. Like, you're right. When you hear those stories, it's like, man, why did I waste so much time playing uh hour-long PLO levels at 100-100 to run my 50K up to... I think we did start with 60. My 60K up to, like, 180, and then I chunked it all away, but that was my own fault. But, like, you know, hey, shit. Phil Ivey showed up, ripped it all in in the first hand, doubled up, gets another big hand later, rips that all in, he went from 60 to two to 360 and 280 and no problem. It's like, yep. man. And I, I busted my hump for an entire day and a half, and I got... Sixty-five thousand. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been grinding these bots left and right, but I mean, I guess well, I it's just in general a blanket rule is the early levels are going to be profitable for good players. Yeah, yeah, and that and and there's no argument on that. Nobody in the in the in the planet could tell you. Nobody can make a logical argument against right. that. You want to you want to argue your time value. Fine. You want to argue you know other tournament schedule. Fine. You want to argue. All that bankroll, this, you know, whatever that I have more I fun play way better with, right? Right, I play better with 20 bigs. I don't know what I'm doing with the, like you can make any excuse you want, but, you but nobody's ever going to say that the good people, the best players in the tournament, aren't profitable right off the get go, correct? Because the worst players are never going to have more chips than when they do now, which is awesome. I'm glad you've repeated my quote five times. I think it's great. great, it's a great quote, <laughs> super good. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, um, sweet. All right, good. I like it. So play the early levels. Get in there. The bad players are never going to have more chips than they do in the, in the beginning levels. You can clip that out and quote it for us. CCG. Everybody loves it. The Overlay Podcast. Uh, Brando, we should do a meetup game at some point. Um, maybe in, in, in November we could do something. Uh, I'll be there. All right, sweet. Thank you for listening, everybody. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit us a like. Share us with your friends. If you're playing poker at the WSOP this weekend, good luck. If you're going to play sometime soon, because like MSPT is coming to town and other spots, check it out. Let me know. Uh, we'd love to see you. Follow us on Twitter at The Overlay Pod. Other than that, Brando, lead us out of here. Farewell. See you, everybody.